Train, eat, repeat. The knowledge and know-how you need to live well. Here's your host, Tyler Ferrand. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Train, Eat, Repeat podcast. Really excited to be here with you guys, and uh, hopefully you're enjoying the nice weather. The weather's starting to change a little bit, and hopefully you've been you've been listening to the podcast. If not, uh, a new edition, it's not only now on the iTunes podcast app, but it's also available on Spotify. So I really would appreciate if you guys would go on there, give me a five-star review, and obviously write a review as well, especially if you like what you're hearing. And also, I always want to know, what do you guys want to hear about? Because I want you to be able to shape this show and and what information is getting to you. Because at the end of the day, I want to get that information in your hands. So that way you can readily use it in your life. So let's take a step back and take a look at last week's episode. We talked with Tony Reese from Running Lab in Brighton, Michigan, and just around how important it is to get fitted Uh, for the right shoe for the activity you plan to do. And so hopefully you uh, took some of that information in. I also just uploaded onto my website, traineatrepeat.co, a blog article that goes a little bit deeper than what we had on the show last week. So hopefully you check that out. We also talked a little bit about nutrition and in regards to the pre and post workout meals, what those look like, and then specifically what they should look like based off of your goals. So if we're looking to add muscle mass, or if we're looking to lose weight, what the difference is in those two plates. So hopefully you've put some of that thought into your meals and what your plate looks like throughout the rest of your day compared to what it looks like just after a workout. Remember, we're going to try and earn those starchier carbohydrates directly after a workout. Um, So a little bit of reward system put in there. And then when we switch gears, uh, we talked a little bit at the end, just in terms of ways that you can release those feel-good endorphins to reduce the stress that we could be in, no matter if we're in a pandemic or not, but endorphins that we can obviously release uh, through different techniques and then different activities and also different foods. So hopefully, if you guys didn't have a chance to listen to the podcast, you go back to episode two after you listen to this one, of course, and try to put those practices into play. So what are we focusing on this week? Well, we're going to start with training just like we always do. And right now I'm going through um, a very important certification uh, to get my corrective exercise specialization. And and what I'm focusing on right now is just how important the warm-up is. Now, I've always been as a trainer, I've always known a warm-up is important. Um, I know how it can decrease the risk of injury. I know how that it can also improve fat burn throughout the workout, but really didn't know exactly just how specific you need to be with your warm-up and the stages you go through. So we're going to touch on that just a little bit. What it will do for you, uh, beyond the things I just mentioned, is that it's going to help you get into the proper range of motion during your workouts. Uh, There's going to be less risk of injury, better posture, even when you are aren't working out, uh, better recovery, and then obviously uh, better performance. If we're looking to lift heavier weights or we're looking to run faster, um, doing the proper warm-up is going to be really important. And there's really three stages to the warm-up. Um, four, really, if you count the, we're still going to add in that uh, little bit of cardiovascular exercise at the beginning. So first, we want to warm the body. And so what this looks like is about five minutes or less of heart rate elevating activity. Now, I'll sort of leave it open for you in terms of what type of activity you want to do. 
Um, I would prefer that it is open chained versus a closed chained movement, meaning that more our entire body parts are moving. So your upper body is moving just as much as your lower body. That's going to ensure that every inch of your body is going to be warmed up versus just your legs. So if you're going to be using a bike, or your bike is your preference based, maybe you have a a knee injury, or um, you want something that's a little bit less uh, impactful on your joints, well, then I would say go on an Airdyne bike, or go on an elliptical with moving arms. Again, we want to move as many body parts as possible to elevate our heart rate, and then also to get the synovial fluid, which encases the joint, to get that nice and loose as well. And so, other things you could do, jogging, walking on an incline on a treadmill, a rower is fantastic, jump rope if you don't have any cardiovascular equipment, especially when you don't have access to a gym. Again, the entire idea is just get the heart rate elevated, should not be overly taxing, but five minutes or less. The next step is that we want to inhibit. And so basically what this means is that we want to sort of massage the tissue, especially where the is- where we have issues where it's really tight and bound up. And you'll be able to feel this. And we do this through myofascial rolling. I don't like to call it myofascial release because there's actually no studies that the tissue actually releases. But myofascial rolling, so using things like a foam roller, if you want to go with a little bit more density, Um, and go with a little bit uh, less of a surface area where it's going to be more intense. You could go with something like a lacrosse ball, tennis ball. Um, I probably wouldn't go as hard as a golf ball. And again, you want to be very careful because the less surface area you have in whatever you're rolling with, the more intense it's going to be. And so what we're going to try and do is sort of roll our body over these apparatuses, what you're using. So if you're using a foam roller, to really massage that tissue. And what I want you to think about when you're inhibiting is that you're almost trying to allow your body to melt into the roller. Now, when your body perceives pain, it's going to tense up. And that's not what I want you to do. I almost want you to try and breathe. Well, I definitely want you to breathe, but try to breathe through that rolling. So that way the muscle can relax and that roller or a ball can get into that tissue so that way it can sort of relieve that tension. So inhibit, we want to make sure we take about 30 to 60, 30 to 60 seconds per body part. That's about how long you want to spend. Any more than that, you could go a little bit longer, but the sort of rule of thumb is as soon as you stop to see progress, so let's say you put your foam roller on your hamstrings. If you feel a little bit of discomfort, again, we shouldn't feel pain, but discomfort, and then right around the 60-second mark, you don't really feel like it's improving anymore. We'll move on. Move on to that next body part. But 30 to 60 seconds, focusing on the areas that seem to be a little bit bound up, and especially if you plan to use those body parts in your workout. So if we're talking hamstrings and you have Romanian deadlifts and deadlifts planned into your workout, I highly recommend that you hit those hamstrings as well as other areas so that way your performance won't be hampered by the fact that you have these tight tissues. So that's inhibit. Now we need to lengthen our tissues. So there were numerous studies that came out, and these were years and years ago, that static stretching before a workout saps performance. And there are some studies that show that elongated 
uh, taking a lot of time in static stretching can actually decrease your performance by around three to seven percent, which doesn't sound like a lot when you consider you're on a hundred percent scale, but three to seven percent could be a couple extra milliseconds in a sprint. Um, if you're an athlete, it also could mean that you might be able to jump a little bit higher for a rebound. So I would say use static stretching when you feel like it's going to not allow you to get into the proper range of motion or it's going to set you up for some aches and pains and and it's going to set you up for a muscle to sort of compensate for that muscle not being long enough or lengthened enough. So if you are going to static stretch, you want to again want to focus on the areas that are tight and only hold for 20 to 30 seconds. And that's for the average healthy population, about 20 to 30 seconds. You can also floss, what I call floss through that stretch. So doing a little bit of moving and rotational in the hips, you also could work on a little bit of neuromuscular stretching where you give some pressure into that area and then release. But again, we are not aiming to really get that muscle completely stretched out. What we're aim- And we're also staying away from pain. But what we're looking to do is create a little bit of discomfort just so that way that muscle lengthens a little bit. And then if you're over the age of 65, studies have shown that 60 seconds is is a little bit better simply because that muscle tissue takes a little bit longer time to get loose. So we've inhibited, we've done the rolling, now we've lengthened the tissue. Then the last thing we need to do is we need to isolate or activate the muscles that we are going to use in our workout. So what does that look like? Typically it looks like dynamic stretching. Uh, which really could be a movement that mimics the movement you intend to do in your workout. So a good example would be, let's say we were going to do either squats or deadlifts. So doing like a glute bridge, which is going to give you hip extension and then also activate the glutes, act a little bit of the, the hamstrings, that's going to help your body make that connection so that muscle fires correctly during that workout. And it's also, again, going to warm the tissue so that way we can stave off things like injury, discomfort, or not being able to get into the proper range of motion. And that, again, is going to be about five minutes. So you're looking at a five-minute or less warm-up using a open-chained type of cardiovascular exercise. Then we're going to inhibit. So that's you're going to be your rolling using a foam roller or also using like a ball. Again, we what you use is not as important as what it feels like, meaning we're not going to try and just push our body into this roller so we can create the most amount of pain. That is not the goal. And actually, it shows doing about 20% of maximal intensity, if you will, on a foam roller is plenty good enough. So you're almost overdoing it if you're trying to push into it even more. So we're going to roll, we're going to inhibit, we're going to lengthen the tissue doing some static stretching. Again, there is been studies, some studies have shown that you do have a decrease in performance if you do too much static stretching, but most of those studies were done on people that were doing 10 to 30 minutes of stretching per body part, which would be way too long. And I don't know about you guys, I don't have enough time in my warm up to actually do that much stretching. Then what you're also going to do is you're going to isolate or activate the tissue. So we're going to mimic the movements we plan to do in our workout. So we might be doing glute bridges. We might be doing push-ups. We might be doing bodyweight squats. Again, lower intensity than what your workout is going to be, but you're focusing on how your body feels getting into those movements. And if you feel something tighten up, 
will then go right back up to one of the steps above. So go back up to lengthen, go back up to activate. I also touched on this this week in my uh, Instagram profile. So if you need just a quick and dirty uh, way to sort of look at what the steps are, you can look on my Instagram at fit underscore Ferent. So let's take a good look at nutrition. This week, we're talking about supplements. And one of my trainers that I used to work with, he probably put it the best that I could in terms of putting in simple uh, terms uh, when it comes to supplementation, that supplements are a safety net. And that's the way that I want you to look at supplementation is that it's not a replacement, but it's there to sort of catch everything else that we're missing in our diet. It goes without saying that we all have large gaps in our nutrition for various reasons, but whatever those reasons are, that's where supplementation can come in to fill in those gaps. And it also is going to help ensure that we it's going to help support our energy levels. It's going to help support our immune system. It's going to help improve our gut bacteria or gut flora so that way we can actually digest the foods that we're eating. Um, it's also going to help with um, heart health, skin health, uh, nail health. I mean, the, the benefits are endless. Um, and also when you talk about like protein, which we'll talk about here in a minute, it's also going to help fill in those gaps where you might be missing protein in your diet. And it's also going to help with muscle mass and also uh, fat loss as well. So there are so many supplements on the market. So we're just going to touch on what I would consider the essential nutrients or the essential supplements that you should have in your routine. Now, these are supplements that I take myself every single day, and I'm a true believer in them because even though, yes, I'm a trainer, even though, yes, I'm a nutrition coach, there's no way that I have a perfect diet by any stretch of the imagination. And that will change on a day-to-day basis. Obviously, the goal is to try and get as many of your nutrients nutrients and needs from your whole food sources. But the also fact of the matter is, is that over the course of time with different farming practices, our nutrients that we get from our food are not as high as they once were. I think I had a, I had a coach once tell me that if you were to have the same orange that your grandmother had, you would have to have nine of them today to get the same amount of an essential nutrient, which is just crazy to me, right? So I don't know about you. I'm not eating nine oranges. Um, but again, I just look at supplements as that safety net. So let's get into these essential supplements and things that you can add into your cabinet right now that I know are going to make a huge difference. So let's talk about multivitamins. So multivitamins really is there to fill in the gaps, you know, i.e. that safety net. What you want to look for in a high-quality multivitamin is that it's capsule form only, okay? So there's a lot of tablets on the market. If you walk into a Costco or a GNC, you're going to see so many options in front of you. So look for a capsule that's going to help with absorption. So what's the point in taking a multivitamin if your body's not even going to be able to utilize it? And so capsules you're going to get about an 80% absorption rate. What I also look for is an AM and PM formula where you're going to take it two times throughout the day. And the reason why is that you need different nutrients in the morning than you do at night. 
And so that's going to help you on both ends of the spectrum, get up, get your day started, but then also to calm down, relax, recover as you go to bed. Let's talk about fish oil. So fish oil is really important for a couple reasons. Number one, fish oil, you've also probably seen them on the market as omega-3s, are anti-inflammatory in nature. And they're really important for heart health as well. And they're really hard to get through our diet. So your redfish, your salmon, your mackerel, which I've talked about on earlier podcasts, those are going to be your most rich sources in fish oil. But the truth of the matter is, I don't know about you, I don't eat enough fish in order to get enough omega-3s into my diet. And so what you want to aim to get is about three to four grams of both EPA and DHA combined. And so those are the two essential fatty acids that you need to get into your diet. Now, the thing you have to look out for, though, is that you're going to want to pick a fish oil that has that high dosage in it. So, for instance, my mom was uh, had went out and bought just a generic fish oil. And she bought it in a gel cap, which is a good thing. You want to look for that gel cap. But the thing was, is that the dosages of EPA and DHA were so low in them, she would have to take six to eight capsules a day versus the two capsules I have to take in my formula. So there's a a drastic difference there. And to take six to eight capsules throughout a day, you're going to have to spread them out because your body can only absorb so many nutrients at one time. And so it's really going to lock you down in terms of setting an alarm. Oh, time to take my fish oil. Oh, time to take my fish oil. And so the formula you probably want to look for, you want to try and get as close to a thousand milligrams. Uh, Mine is about 900 milligrams of EPA and DHA um, independently. Uh, And so combined is right around that, uh, that gram that you're looking for of EPA and DHA in your first serving of the day. And If it's anything lower than that, just know that you're probably going to be taking multiple capsules throughout the day. And you can't just go off of what the bottle says is a serving size because, again, that is for a generalized population. And last time I checked, we're not all the same. So let's talk about protein. Protein, I've talked about numerous times on this podcast about being a a very important macronutrient and something that is going to help keep you satisfied. Also something that we definitely don't get enough of, at least the majority of us. And so when you're looking for a protein supplement, you can either go the whey or vegan version. So vegan versions, a lot of them are going to be made with rice and pea protein. You can also get a soy protein as well. Uh, Whey obviously going to be derived from cows. And again, it's just there to fill in that nutritional gap or that macronutrient gap. Now, in days where your protein intake is really high and you're following the guidelines of having that palm to two palms of protein per meal, you might not need it. And supplement companies want you to think that you need to have that protein shake directly after your workout. Now, is there a benefit to it? Absolutely. But if you're having whole sources in your meals, you may not need it. But again, is a good way to fill in those gaps. And if you think about it, a good way to have a sweet treat in the middle of the afternoon or at night without totally demolishing all the hard work that you just put in. And so a lot of times I'll have my clients use a protein shake or the next supplement that we're about to talk about or a green supplement to sort of add in and make a tasty shake that is going to be not high in calories. And the calories that it is high in are going to be in protein, which we know in 
big amounts, protein does not get stored as fat or a very limited amount of it does. So really important to focus on getting in that protein as to fill in gaps when you don't get enough through your diet. The next one, and I just alluded to it, is, is a green supplement. Here's the thing. For the same reasons that we need to take a multivitamin is that the servings of vegetables and fruits you need to have per day are now up to 10. And there's just no way. I have met very few people that have been able to get that enough vegetable intake throughout their day in order to give them those essential nutrients, prebiotic fibers. So that way it can help their gut and it's so important to have in your diet. I supplement with a green supplement every single day just to make sure that my gut bacteria stays healthy, to make sure that my digestion stays normal, and also to ensure that, again, I'm getting in all those essential nutrients that I'm not getting from my food. And again, I, I so my supplement my green supplement is actually chocolate flavored. So I'll mix that in with almond milk at the end of the night when I want a sweet treat. And now I have a chocolate shake, but it's actually greens. And I've also had clients that have had children that have hated vegetables, which I was the same way. My Subway sandwiches, back when I ate them, don't judge me, but my Subway sandwiches were always meat and cheese. I was not a vegetable lover by any stretch of the imagination. And so I've had clients take a green supplement, mix that into their children's milk or almond milk, whatever their uh, sort of transportation uh, method they want to use to add nutrient value to their children's milk. And so it is a really good way to get in those extra greens that we might be missing through our diet. So those, are, to me, are going to be the four most important essential supplements that if you're going to go out and buy supplements, you should have. Now, what, are you need to, what do you need to look for when you go out and buy supplements? First thing you need to know is, is that supplements do not have a governing body watching over them. So most of our food, like our meat that we get, is all regulated by the FDA. So they're checking to ensure quality. That's why we have different uh, standards around our meat in terms of uh, choice cut, prime cut. But when it comes to supplementation, there's really no governing body to look over it. And so I don't know about you. If I'm going to spend money on a supplement, I want to make sure that what I'm putting in my body is good for me, number one, and that it doesn't have a bunch of fillers that I'm not going to need anyway. So what we need to look for is that it is third-party tested. So one of the bigger companies out there that does these third-party tests is NSF. So you've probably seen their blue logo with big block white lettering. And why that's important is that they've that company has spent the money to hire out NSF or whatever third-party company, testing company they choose to come into their facilities and ensure that it's of the right quality, that it's that actually what's on the label is what's actually in there and that there's nothing in there that's going to harm that individual. And so you really need to do your research and that might mean that you have to pay a little bit more for your supplement. And I don't know about you, I'm a huge believer that in most cases you get what you pay for. So yes, it might cost you a little bit more, but the results that you get from that supplement are going to be much better. So let's take a look at our repeat or our recovery. And this is a topic that I'm really excited to talk about because we've talked about in earlier episodes 
why it's so important to find your why. And I was obviously talking more in terms of building your why for an exercise goal. But in any case, no matter what goal you're searching for or striving towards, if you build out your why, but you don't have the right mindset behind it, it's going to fail. And if it doesn't fail, you're not going to get as much out of it that you want it to. And so I really wanted to break down three factors or three things that can keep you from having the right mindset after you've made your goal, you found out your why, now I need to have the right mindset to go after that goal. And so the first thing that I came across, I was reading a book by New York Times bestselling author Jen Sincero. She does the You Are a Badass series. And she is a mindset guru, bar none. And I'm actually rereading one of her books. And every single time I go through, I find something new. But anyway, the first thing I came across was around worrying. And worrying is really easy because we all have things that we can worry about. And the way that Jen Sincero puts it in her book is that worrying is praying for things that you don't want. Now, if you're worrying, the good thing is that means that your brain is actually working. That means that you've actually started conceptualizing what's going on in your life. But I think what needs to change is your perspective. So if you change your perspective around what you're worrying about and try to change that into a positive So just to give an example, obviously, there's a lot of us that have been put on furlough, that have been laid off. Uh, You know, there's sort of a uh, worry around when the next paycheck is going to be coming or what the world's going to look like when this pandemic's over. You could look at it as a way of, well, I have more time to work on that project that I didn't think I had time for. Or, you know what? I know that things are going to turn around because I have faith and through faith that sort of squashes my worry. And so there are a million different examples, but there are definitely ways that we can change our perspective around worry, which will help our mindset. The second thing is feeling overwhelmed and much like worrying over being overwhelmed to put things in perspective basically means that you haven't taken the time to, you basically have been there, you basically had a gut reaction. And, oh my God, I have to do, I have to run the kids to soccer practice and I have to um, make sure that the laundry is completed. I have to get dinner on the table by this time. I also have to uh, work 40 hours this week and I'm trying to start a new business venture. If you look at things from that perspective and you really start to get yourself ramped up without taking into consideration what how, what it's going to take to get those things done, well, then you're always going to feel like you're under the gun. And I guarantee you that the quality of work that you're putting into those activities are not going to go over well. And the way Jensen Ciro put it in her book, she defined being overwhelmed as when you make the unhelpful decision to stop breathing lose perspective, and forget you're in control of your life. And so, you know, I think the biggest thing to take from here is that if you do feel overwhelmed, write down, and this goes back to our QT or our quiet time that we should be taking every morning, 
write down what you're overwhelmed about, and then actually plan out how much time you need to get those tasks done or prioritize them. That can help in terms of making sure that your mindset is there when you're working on those projects and those projects alone versus worrying about items, you know, two through 10 that you know that you'll get to, but right now priority number one is to get this job done. And then the last one, and this is something that um, I think is true in terms of building a mindset, no matter what you're trying to accomplish, is, is really your mindset can be influenced if you don't have, in a negative way, can be influenced if you don't have the right sphere of influence. So not to be redundant, but the people you surround yourself with are definitely going to be huge factors in your mindset. So no matter what, you can't do everything on your own. But if you can surround yourself with individuals that have accomplished something you wish to accomplish or share the same values or they cheer you on just as much as you cheer them on, how positively could that influence your mindset? So I'm not saying get rid of friends, but I would be cautious on who you go to for a mindset pump me up. My church goes through these eight traits of a disciple. And and one of them that it talks about is who are your 2 a.m. friends? And the point is, is we all have those individuals that we can call on when our mindset might not be where it needs to be, or we might be worrying about something, or we feel overwhelmed, and we really just need to talk to them because they know us the best. We also know that they're going to be supportive in whatever we do, and they're also willing to just hear us out and help us talk through those issues. And so what I would ask is, do you have that person to sort of help you out? Do you know who your 2 a.m. friends are? Have you written those down? All of those things can definitely help with with having the proper mindset. Um, Without it, and I think without attacking these three things, so being overwhelmed, worrying, and also creating a better sphere of influence around you, you're just going to be spinning your wheels. And so I encourage you over the course of this next week, if you and obviously as we move on, that if you do feel these things creeping up on you, know that it's normal, number one, and that every day is not going to be hunky-dory and everything's great, but that you ultimately do have control of your life, just like Jensen Ciro said. So thank you guys very much for taking a listen. I hope that you take everything into consideration that we talked about today. I want to make sure that we are doing the proper warm-up prior to our workouts. If you guys do have further questions, please feel free to reach out to me. That's why I'm here. And then also around your nutrition, take a look at your supplementation. If you're currently taking it, and if you aren't currently taking it, I highly suggest it. Again, I'm a avid user of supplementation. And again, I use it as a safety net to fill in those gaps in nutrition that I have. And then around your mindset, you ultimately have control over your own mindset and control over worry, being overwhelmed, and also creating a sort of superstar group of individuals that are there to pump you up and create that better mindset with you. 
Those are your marching orders for this week, guys. And thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Make sure if you have the time to go on iTunes or Spotify, leave a five-star review. And overall, just let me know what you guys think of the show. Please tune in next week. I am super excited to be sitting down with New York Times bestselling author of The Wheat Belly, Dr. William Davis. It's going to be a great interview, great time, and great information being given out. And I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Until then, be humble. Be kind and work your ass off. Thanks for listening to Train, Eat, Repeat. Connect with us on Instagram at fit underscore ferrant or at traineatrepeat.co. Until next time, stay strong, stay healthy.